Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Rumbunter Radio, emergency episode number one. Joe Musgrove is no longer a Pittsburgh Pirate. News broke Monday afternoon that Joe Musgrove would be headed to San Diego in a three-team trade that included the New York Mets and the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates get a good deal of return, a load of prospects coming back in this trade. We're going to break down each one of those, talk about what this trade means for the team and kind of how this thing went down. Let's start by talking about Joe Musgrove. What he meant to the city of Pittsburgh, what he meant to this team, his 2020 season, and um, you know the loss now that he is headed to San Diego. Marty, you want to get us started tonight? Yeah, I mean, I was always a big Joe Musgrove fan. I felt like throughout his time here in Pittsburgh, I probably liked him more than I feel like a lot of Pirate fans did. I think Musgrove was a guy who he was always kind of in a tough spot because of the trade he came in. A lot of fans weren't happy with the Garrett Cole trade. And Musgrove proved to be the star of that trade. I mean, he he pitched much better than anybody in Pittsburgh will give him credit for during his time here. Um, last season, if you, you would take those numbers out over a full regular 32-33 star season, he's easily a four-win pitcher. And starting pitchers with a war of four or better is a very viable commodity, as we saw. But, um, yeah, I mean, Joe was awesome. He was great in the community. He did a lot to give back to the Pittsburgh community. That's just the type of person he is. And he was a lot of fun to watch on the baseball diamond. I mean, the guy pitched with intensity. He fielded well. He ran the bases with intensity. I remember it was either a second or third start with the Pirates against the Cubs where, you know, he and Javier Baez got into it because Musgrove slid hard into second base after Baez had a little bit of a dirty slide at the plate to take out Elias Diaz. And just ever since then, it seemed like Joe was – one of the kind of fiery, emotional leaders of this team while he was here. So he will be sorely missed, but without a doubt, I mean, Musgrove's tenure in Pittsburgh is one that should be remembered with a fun light. He pitched really well for the team in his three years here and wound up netting them a heck of a return on the trade market. Yeah, Joe Musgrove, for me, um, it's it's interesting. You know, he comes back in that Garrett Cole trade, and at the time, people were unsure. And I'll be the first to admit, you know, we – I wasn't sure if he would make it as a starter or not. You know, you, he had a lot of success out of the bullpen in Houston uh, that that previous postseason. But I knew, obviously, coming to Pittsburgh, he would be given that opportunity to uh, make the rotation. And obviously, uh, you know, things were a little up and down at first. But once he really started to, um, you know, find some consistency uh, here in Pittsburgh and like you said, Marty, you could kind of see that his career changed also when he started to kind of take on that leadership role. You know, you started to see him evolve as a pitcher as well. And that, you know, I think that's part of the maturity process. Um, but like you said, all in all, Joe Musgrove, 
good pitcher, unfortunately, probably won't be remembered um, just because really, at, you know, the most he'll be remembered for is, you know, potentially the, the, the piece in the Garrett Cole trade. So just because, unfortunately, you know, it was a rough couple years uh, that he was here. But like you said, hopefully uh, the return is something else that will uh, keep us remembering Joe Musgrove. Oh, yeah, that's a great point, Nick. And it, it is super unfortunate um, that these last couple seasons have been such down years for the Pirates because Joe Musgrove has been one of the leaders on this team. And I think you're going to see him really flourish with the with the Padres now. You know, he's he's going to a, a playoff situation. And, you know, I just the way he competes and his uptick in his stuff, I, I, I'm excited to see, you know, what he can do out there for his hometown team. Oh, definitely. And that's so cool, too. He's getting to go home. He's getting to to play for a team that is looking to contend, looking to win the World Series this year. So you, you got to wish him the best of luck. Um, and you know that word intensity, too, you used, Marty. I love that because he brought it every single start, even when he wasn't pitching. Um, you know, even when it wasn't in the season, he was the guy that tweeted or, or you know, was the face at times for this franchise. Uh, and I'm fortunate, um, you know, that he's not going to be with the Pirates any longer. But this deal needed to happen. We've been talking about it for for months now. Um, that it, it was likely to happen, and it does go down. Five prospects coming to Pittsburgh. Like I said, it was a three-team deal. Uh, a prospect will be headed to the New York Mets as well. Let's go down the list here. I want to start with David Bednar, guy that came out of the bullpen for the Padres. Had a ERA that was was pretty high. It rose into the sixes. Uh, this past season, but Marty, you wrote about it this week. That's not really, um, it doesn't really paint the full picture of what Bednar was able to provide for the Padres. Break down what this prospect means and, and what he can do for the Pirates. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about the Bednar edition. I mean, obviously he's not the headliner of the trade. He's a, probably the fifth piece, you know, but he last year, like you said, Trey, he had a high ERA, battled the home run ball a little bit. But he has only 17 and one-third career uh, major league innings. But he has some really good stuff. I mean, fan graphs give both his fastball and his curveball a future value of 60 and a splitter a future value of 50. And as we've talked about on the podcast and on the website a bunch, Oscar Marine loves him a good curveball, and he looks like he's got one in Bednar. So I think Bednar is a guy who could definitely pitch his way into being maybe never a closer or anything like that for the Pirates, but definitely a, a reliable high leverage situation arm out of the bullpen. And, you know, it's kind of cool with Bednar as well. Being a local guy, I mean, he grew up in Mars. So it's it's cool, too, to see a, uh, a local player be able to come back in this trade and potentially make an impact in the Pirate bullpen really as soon as this season. Yeah, it is interesting to see two hometown guys kind of swapped for each other. Um, definitely, like you said, will always interesting. Obviously, when Neil Walker played for the Pirates, that was, you know, a big thing. Just, um, you know, him being from Pine Richland and a little bit to the fault sometimes. Uh, but it will be cool to see him uh, pitch. And like you said, I think he is going to be in a situation to have success. Uh, Charrington says he fully expects him to be, uh, you know, in the bullpen. And you look at the guy, he's... Like you said, he's got good stuff, power stuff. He strikes out, um, you know, a fair amount of people, and that's what you like to see. He strikes, he strikes out over a hitter per inning, and, um, you know, the command is obviously um, 
a little bit of an issue, but nothing major. It's been more of an issue at the big league level than the minor league level. So, you know, that's another thing you like to see that gives you hope that, you know, maybe it's just a matter of getting some experience and, you know, at the big league level and getting comfortable and we'll start to see, you know, his numbers start to straighten out a little bit. Ben Sherrington has made an emphasis to stockpile pitchers through international signings, through the draft, and, and, you know, we've seen it in his trades here as well. Three pitchers come in this deal, David Bednar, Omar Cruz, and Drake Fellows. Let's move it on to Cruz. Spent some time in low single A and high single A in the Padres organization last year. Really good stuff on this kid. Um, Kind of break it down, he has a 32.8% strikeout rate. He ended with a 2.73 ERA back in, this is from the 2019 season, um, the last time he was able to play. Uh, 8.2% walk rate seems to have the stuff. We'll see if that translates. Um, Let's talk about Cruz a little bit and what you guys expect, maybe a timeline uh, on Omar. So I'll start with Cruz. Um, There's not as much information uh, on Cruz in terms of his tools. You know, if you listen to the podcast, you got, you know that we very much rely on fan graphs for um, scouting the tools and, uh, their Fangraphs currently doesn't have anything up for Cruz. Now, what I have read about him is that he is sitting low 90s with the fastball, but it plays up. It has good spin on it, with, and he also has very good command, which is what I guess you know they give credit for. Um, you know, him being able to rack up strikeouts as being you know kind of a a quirky lefty. He has a big looping curveball. Um, he's able to also pinpoint those pitches. So being a deceptive lefty, obviously that's going to be effective. You know, the question for Cruz is how far up will his stuff play? You know, is he going to be like Keith Law wrote? Um, he projects him as a back end of the rotation type guy, like a number five, maybe swing guy out of the bullpen. I think he might have a little more than that. I think you're going to see that velocity increase some um, just based off metrics and his spin rates. But I'm excited to see what he can do. I think, you know, the big thing is he immediately becomes our top left-handed pitching prospect, which isn't saying much in a system that doesn't really have many. But it's nice to see them at least add, you know, a, a lefty pitching prospect. Yeah, one thing, too, with Cruz that I like, I mean, Trey, you touched on it. His numbers in the minors, he was very good in 2019. A lot of strikeouts, ERA and fifth post under both under three, excuse me. And he allowed just one home run in 12 starts across low A and, and uh, high A. Also, you know, Baseball America is very high on him. He and Andy Rodriguez, who we will get to, obviously, were two players who they pegged as breakout prospects for the 2021 season before they were traded. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Cruz come out this year, pitch well, and really start to shoot up prospect boards and maybe find himself as a top 10 to 12 uh, prospect in the Pirate Farm system by the end of the season. The, the thing with Cruz is, like, he's, he's only 22 years old and he's only six foot. So, you know, physically, like – He's going to, I think he still has a chance to add some velocity just as he gets older and stronger. So I'm not too worried about the fastball velocity sitting in the low 90s. I think that has some potential to grow. And really, what like like we've said, when you're bringing it from the left side, um, you know, as long as you have adequate velocity, it's more about the command and the secondary stuff. 
when you're talking about lefty pitchers. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, it's good to see a lefty, as you guys mentioned, a lot of righties brought into the organization um, in this past year. Another righty, along with David Bednar, Drake Fellows included in this trade. Another very young uh, prospect, 22 years old. He was taken in the 2019 draft. Fellows, uh, you know, what do we expect to see from him? Kind of the timeline here as well. And uh, maybe talk about the numbers a little bit. Fellows is a big wild card to me in the trade. He's kind of like the the piece that he could either really take off as a pitcher or, you know, I could see him maybe not really, you know, forming into much. Hence the sixth round pick on the Vanderbilt ace. Um, for a couple years, uh, 2018, 2019, he was part of Vanderbilt's weekend rotation, including the Friday night starts. Um, you know, you're looking at a six foot five, 200, 200 plus pound projectable pitcher, uh, throws hard, 92 to 94 as a starter can go up 95 plus as a reliever. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they uh, plan on developing him going forward, you know, just a very raw uh, command issues, but gets a lot of strikeouts. That's why I kind of call him a wild card. Cause you know, at prospects like that, they're, they're very much a boomer bust. So we'll, we'll see what happens with him, but, uh, you gotta like the pedigree. You gotta like the build. Yeah, fellas is definitely a wild card here. But like you said, Nick, good pedigree. Anytime a pitcher or any player really comes out of Vanderbilt, you know they uh, they receive top notch coaching and development in college. So we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's a guy who I'm with you. He could emerge into being a quality MLB starting pitcher, or he could be a reliever, or maybe he never gets above Double A. Nothing there would surprise me with him just because of how little is known about him right now. I mean, he still has not logged a single professional inning in his career either. So this is definitely going to be a big season for him in 2021 to determine where he is at in terms of the Pirates' future plans and that sort of thing. But obviously, uh, if if Charrington and company didn't see something in him, they would not have targeted him in the trade, even as kind of that fifth-piece throw-in type of guy. Yeah, I mean – the one thing we need to keep in mind is that there wasn't the the typical scouting, um, you know, that would be going on, especially in terms of public knowledge. Even sites like Fangraphs and Baseball America, who have you know are really connected to some of these um, major league teams and their minor league prospects, they don't necessarily they're not they weren't at these alternate sites actually seeing these players. They weren't watching them on TV. So everything they're reporting is also just from what they're being told. So it really, like you said, Murray Drake fellows, we haven't seen him throw, you know, a, a live game pitch since um, the uh, college world series um, playoffs. So I'm really looking at him and saying, you know, is he a guy that, there might be more to him than, than we know right now. And like you said, it will be interesting to see how he does at the start of the season. And he's one guy I'm very much want to see early scouting reports on him to see what he's looking like, to see if maybe there's been a change since, you know, he was drafted back in 2019. A wild card, certainly. And you have to worry a little bit. It feels like that Vandy Michigan college world series was about 10 years ago. 
Um, and, you know, the same with Omar as well. We read off his numbers, but that was back in 2019. So this season is going to mean a lot for all of the prospects coming. Uh, three pitchers, like I mentioned. Another position the Pirates have desperately needed help in, catching position. They get a big prospect, the number 14 prospect in the New York Mets system. Sent to Pittsburgh in this deal, Indy Rodriguez. This name got a lot of people excited in our group message and on Twitter as well. Uh, let's talk about why. Indy Rodriguez has a lot of promise, and, and the Pirates certainly in need of a catcher for the future. Um, make the deal with Rodriguez. I, I like this a lot. I think this is um, you know going to bode well when we look back on this trade. Yeah, the, the thing that excites me most about Andy Rodriguez is in the minor leagues, you know, the guy the guy's done nothing but hit. He's a switch hitter. He's still only 20 years old. Um, with the Mets, he had risen up. He hadn't even reached low A yet, but, you know, probably would have done that last year had there been a minor league season. But in two years in the Mets system, he had 266 plate appearances, you know, 389 on base percentage, a 452 slugging. Really good 13.2% walk rate and 16% strikeout rate, which you don't really see hitters that young have that good of an eye to play. It's just, you know, it just is God. Yeah, it's just, you know, the God given ability the guy has to see baseball is pretty impressive. You know, an isolated power of 175, like he hits. He has done nothing but rake. And, you know, a lot of times with catching prospects that young, usually they're more, they're further along with their defense. You're hoping the bat's going to come along. And Rodriguez, the bat, has been there. You know, there were some questions rather on he would stay a catcher as he's played some first base in the Myers as well. But Ben Charrington came out on Tuesday and said that uh, the Pirates will develop him as a catcher. And if he can stick behind the plate and continue to hit anywhere near as well as he has for his first two minor league seasons, you know, the Bucks could be looking at uh, well, one heck of a catcher of the future here in a few years with Rodriguez. I do find it interesting that we've been hearing these catcher rumors for the better part of a year since basically Charrington's taken the job. Um, you know, the, the belief was, and, you know, we joke around a little bit about it because it's really been beaten to death about getting, uh, getting catching prospects while Jacob Stallings quietly has put together, you know, a solid big league career so far, but, it's interesting because a lot of people thought that catching prospect was going to come in the startling Marte, Marte trade. Then when the Josh Bell trade started, people thought, okay, here comes the catching prospect. And there was no catching prospect. So finally, here it is. So you, you got to wonder, is this the guy, you know, we heard that the Mets were engaged on Marte last offseason. Was this one of the pieces that they were trying to get in that deal? and they weren't able to, and here they are a year later, able to get their guy? Or is this someone who, you know, they were looking at and really took steps forward, you know, like I said once again, um, based off information they received through MLB's data sharing program for this, you know, unusual year. Regardless, I like him. 60-hit tool, like you said, Marty, he's already hitting the ball uh, well above expectations, uh, and the fact that he has a 60 hit tool means that they really believe he will continue to, you know, push upwards of 300 with that batting average, which you got to like. Um, and really, I think the most interesting thing is his ISO. Like you said, his ISO is up there in the 170s for his career, and he's only had four career home runs, uh, but 20 doubles. So that's one of those things that will be interesting to see you know, just 20 years old, once again, as he grows and matures, will some of those doubles start to turn to home runs? 
how many home runs? I don't know. I think, you know, you're looking like a, a 15-ish home run at, at best uh, hitter, but you'll take that behind the plate with solid defense all day. And, you know, you really got to believe the fact that he was an outfielder before a catcher. He's got that high um, athleticism that Charrington likes. And so you, you figure that in terms of just being able to handle um, the catching position, he should be fine. It will be a matter of, you know, the, the mental side of the game, the framing and that sort of stuff. Pirates have their catching prospect, discipline catching prospect, and athletic catching prospect. We'll see how Andy Rodriguez pans out here. The headliner of this deal, though, wanted to save it for last. Outfielder, the number seven prospect in the Padres organization, Hudson Head. Head uh, was number 84. He was taken 84th in the 2019 draft. Uh, has had some solid numbers, only 141 plate appearances in the uh, Arizona Fall League in 2019. Um, and that season, he hit 283, and that, that's kind of what got him to that number seven spot. Was this piece, you know, enough for the trade? And we'll, we'll talk about overall grade, um, but let's break down Hudson Head a little bit and talk about the headline piece in this Joe Musgrove trade. Hudson Head for me, yeah, I mean, he's the headliner. He was the first name that came out. When I saw that name, I kind of assumed he would be the, you know, the top part of the deal. Um, and I was excited. I, I get what they're doing. We, we talk about that 2023 window. Uh, he's going to fall right into that potential window. But also, as much as the Pirates lack catching prospects, you know, they kind of – have lacked a little bit in the outfield department. Now they've had some international uh, prospects take steps forward, but in terms of just like their drafting over the last few years, they haven't really spent a ton focusing on outfield prospects. So it was good to see them acquire a, you know, a big time outfield prospect. The big thing with him right now is he, he's a riser. Uh, like you said, he, he's already up to, what was um, number seven on fan graphs on, on the pirates board. And like you said, on the Padres board, he was top 10 pretty much consensus among fan graphs, baseball, American MLB pipeline. So obviously you're getting a good player from a really good farm system. So he's going to be battling. I look at, you know, he's a top five or top six hitting prospect in our system right now. So you know, once Hayes graduates, you're looking at head being, you know, number four, number five. I think he might be ahead of Swaggerty, uh, honestly, um, just in terms of pure offensive player. But Swaggerty, I, that's nothing against Swaggerty. I just think head might actually have a higher ceiling than Swaggerty. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said on head. Um, I think a lot of people really do. Uh, don't don't realize that the pirate outfield situation, the Myers really isn't all that strong. I mean, you have Swaggerty there, but there's a lot of questions around that Swaggerty is going to remain in center field. Yes, O'Neill Cruz might wind up in the outfield, but assuming the National League gets a designated hitter sooner rather than later, that could be Cruz's job. But, I mean, Head's a legitimate center field prospect. I mean, you know, again, to go back to fan graphs, they give his uh, throwing grade of future value of 55, his speed of 60, his fielding of 50. So the guy can go get the ball in center field, and he should develop a really good, really good bat as well. Um, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of professional experience, but his 32 games played with the Pirates rookie league team in 2019, he hit the ball well. So 
I think Head's a guy who, assuming he comes out and performs this year the way he's expected, and then like you said, Nick, with Hayes graduating, potentially a Swaggerty or a Cruz graduating, you know, you could see him be knocking on the door of being a top five prospect in the Pirates system by the end of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised if sooner rather than later you see Hudson Head as a consensus and, yeah, top 100 prospect across baseball. One thing I do want to mention along with that is yeah. Hudson Head actually set the record for the biggest bonus given to a third-round draft pick of $3 million. This guy was viewed as by some teams as a potential first-round pick, but he was a high schooler from Texas was with a very strong commitment to Oklahoma, and so it was going to take a lot for him to you know get the deal done, obviously, but they did. The Padres, obviously, super aggressive with their minor league system. Um, they've done a fantastic job of building the best farm system in baseball. So overall, the fact that we were able to, to land this young prospect from a team that thought that highly of him to give him a record setting bonus who obviously has a um, reputation of being a very good minor league system. You got to like where he's coming from. Certainly. And, and you kind of got that comfort feeling right when you saw the, the news break because it was the Padres, a team that's had such a good yes. system. Um, and, you know, this is a as soon as I saw the Padres, I said, that's who I would have wanted it. To exactly. Be you know, exactly. because you just knew guys coming back, you were going to be getting value. Yeah. I mean, like you take Cruz, for example, there, like we said, he's a guy who's been pegged by Baseball America as a potential breakout prospect for 2021. Yes, he was whatever it was, 16th, 17th in the Padres system, but a lot of farm system, he's probably a top 10 guy. You know, San Diego's farm system is just loaded. And I'm with you, Nick. Whenever, you know, I was at home last night. I remember I was doing the dishes. And my dad stopped by for a minute. And you called me and said, hey, you know, you see the Musgrove news. And as soon as you told me it was the Padres, I felt the same way. I'm like, all right, well, I know they're getting a good return because San Diego's farm system is just that good. Yeah, and it's, you know, a, a second kind of wave of comfort when you realize, well, this team is really looking to compete. They need probably another pitcher, so they're they're probably not trying to fleece the Pirates here. They need Joe Musgrove to compete. They're going to work out a deal that's fair, um, and, and they did. This seems to be, you know, a very positive step for the Pirates. They wanted to get a lot of return. They get five guys coming in this deal. Let's talk about it overall, grading this trade, the return for the Pirates, um, and you know how this sets them up as they continue this rebuild. Marty, you had the article out on it just uh, earlier today, actually. You want to get us started there grading the Joe Musgrove trade? Yeah, I uh, I really like the trade. I mean, you know, if you want to get my full thoughts on it, hop over to the website, you know, hop over to runbunner.com. You can check out my article of uh, dishing out a grade for the trade. But, you know, you got a potential future perennial all-star type in Hudson Head. You got Andy Rodriguez, who – could develop into being one of the better catcher catching prospects in baseball. Uh, really intriguing lefty and Cruz, you know, fellows who's a total wild card and Bedner should be a good bullpen arm. You know, all in all, I, I personally gave the trade an A. I kind of went back and forth between A and B plus thinking maybe Musgrove could have netted just a bit more, but I think Charrington in a way went quantity over quality here but didn't skimp on the quality. Um, if you look back, it's just sticking with Musgrove, you look back to the Garrett Cole trade, I mean, there was a lot of reports that Neil Huntington turned down Clint Frazier straight up for Garrett Cole um, and went with the four prospects from Houston. But the four players he got from Houston were a lot different than the five players 
that Charrington just brought in for Musgrove. I mean, at that point in his career, Michael Fleas was already looking like a bust out of the bullpen. Jason Martin had not done much. Moran had just shattered his eye socket, and Musgrove had been a reliever. You know, you compare that to what Charrington got in return for Musgrove, even though he, again, went with the quantity route. You know, there's some really high quality amongst that quantity, like we've said. Head is a guy who I think Nick will agree with me will probably be a top 100 prospect. Um, Andy Rodriguez could very well become that one day. And I definitely think he'll be a top 5 to 10 prospect for the Pirates. And I think Cruz pitches his way into being a top 10 Pirate prospect as well. So, so I think Charrington did a great job of finding that balance of getting quantity but making it quality quantity. And for that reason, I, I gave the grade – I graded the trade an A – especially because, I mean, not a knock on Joe Musgrove. He's very good. He's much better than I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh give him credit for. But ultimately, on a, look where he's going, the Padres, he's what, probably their number four or five starter? And you were able to net that, that much for a guy who's going to be in the back end of the Padre bullpen. You know, good, good, good on Ben Charrington for doing that. I was kind of like you, Marty. I was a little in between when I was thinking about, it. like, I at first I was – pretty excited about the trade and then i was like well i'm like you know i'm looking at the padres and for the padres i give the trade an a because and i give their whole offseason a because they they literally have gotten three all-star caliber pitchers for and they didn't have to move one of their top seven prospects i believe I mean, that's, that's impressive. And I think that's where a little bit of me and Marty, both our, our hesitation was, you know, they didn't exactly get that absolute like guy that you just get excited and drool over, you know, and you weren't going to get that maybe for Musgrove, but also with the market, the way it is and with teams being interested and not a ton of starting pitching, you thought that, but Here's what I want to say, and Marty, you hit the nail on the head. The Garrett Cole trade is a perfect example of what was wrong. First and foremost, I'm just going to say it. The Joe Musgrove return was better than the Garrett Cole return. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, just from a straight value standpoint, oh, the, but also the, where the, the Pirates the Joe, are. The Joe Musgrove return blows the Garrett Cole return out of the yeah. water. Just where the Pirates are, too. If the Pirates would have made that trade of Garrett Cole – and got four prospects, the this state of this team could be completely different. But that's the conversation that's been had, and we will have another time, I'm sure. My point is, every prospect, and you kind of said it, and I said it to my dad tonight, every guy that we got back in that Garrett Cole trade's value was kind of trending down. Like you said, Colin Moran, the eye socket injury, question marks about would his power you know, actually develop. He was already traded from the Marlins who used the first round pick on him. And he was traded in a deal that was very, it was a very like underwhelming trade. It wasn't very significant. And, you know, that kind of made you wonder about him. Like you said, Feliz, he was already being exposed as probably not a very good reliever. Musgrove, there was a lot of question marks around bullpen starter. And Jason Martin was uh, just a lottery ticket who isn't here anymore. So, yeah, those guys were turning down. The key is every one of these guys that we got on this deal has an up era. You're looking at head. Like you said, he's going to be a top 100 prospect this year. 
Right now, his value is considered a 45 future value. The full expectation is for him to get a 45 plus, maybe even a 50 grade. As soon as that happens, he's probably going in the top 100 at just 19 years old. He'll be 20 soon. But, you know, it's just there's a lot of room for these guys to grow. They are not 23, 24-year-old prospects who were are fresh out of college, out of UCLA, or, you know, some big school like that, where everyone knows who they are anymore. Keep in mind, a lot of these lists are very much... Um, you know, there's, there's value put into him, but it's a little bit name recognition too. Hudson head is going to be a top 100. Marty, you hit the nail on the head. Andy Rodriguez, you're looking at a potential top 100 one day as well. He's another one. He's 20. He's not a top 100 yet, but he very well could be by, you know, as soon as next year because of the position he plays too. Those are the two keys. I mean, those are those are the two big fish. If those guys become top 100 prospects, that means they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if those two guys develop, anything else from this trade is great. Those pitchers, like we just kind of talked about, they're all kind of wild cards. Bednar, you know, hard-throwing reliever, hopefully works out. Cruz hopefully continues to develop, but there's a lot of question marks about him, you know, coming from the left side, bullpen starter. We'll see. Wild card. Yeah. Same with fellows. Big guy throws hard. We'll see. The key is the two hitting prospects. And the ceilings are just so high on those two, especially, and really all of these guys. A lot of youth brought in, which leaves some question marks at the big league level. Obviously, Joe Musgrove will not be pitching for the Pirates anymore. Uh, Jamison Tyone for a good bit of the season. Uh, let's talk about what this rotation is going to look like on opening day. Uh, you know, who's at the front of it? Probably Mitch Keller, but who comes after that? Um, this is actually something I'm about to finish up an article on that'll drop on the site on Wednesday, um, projecting the rotation. I mean, there still could be some movement there. We've heard uh, Stephen Brault's name mentioned in trade rumors this offseason. You know, if Brault's not traded, Assuming these guys are healthy, I'm going to go ahead and guess that Jamison Tyone, Mitch Keller, Stephen Brown, Chad Cool are locked into the rotation to start the year. After that, you know, you're looking at JT Brubaker, you're looking at Will Crow, maybe Cody Ponce. Um, you still can see the Pirates bring in their veteran reclamation guy that they'll then try and move in July. But um, – yeah, I think assuming they're all healthy and that Brault is not traded, you see Tyone Brault, Keller, and Cole in the rotation to start the year. And probably Brubaker and Crow, I would guess, they battled out for the last spot. One of them would be your number five starter, and the other one goes to the bullpen as a long man. I want to take this last couple minutes here to for you guys to, to sit down and address Pirates Twitter. There is all kinds of mixed reactions, and this happens every time. Um, but, you know, you get people talking about how Charrington did things wrong or right or whatever else. What do you say to Pirates fans that haven't looked into this deal too much um, that kind of hits you with the same, oh, this is just the, the typical Pirates? I tell them to go check out Pirates Analytics on Twitter. Uh, friend of the podcast, David Slucer, put out a really good um, thread explaining more or less what Ben Charrington is trying to accomplish why he's targeting the players he's targeting, but he kind of goes a step forward. You know, we've talked about the 2023 
window. And, you know, Dave mentions that, but he also talks about the the tools that they're trying to get. They're getting guys who throw hard. They're getting bats that have projectable power. They're getting high caliber athletes. All these guys, whether it's a power pitcher, a power hitter, or a highly athletic player, are expensive on the free agent market. The Pirates are never going to be able to afford those type of free agents in the current baseball market. It doesn't, you know, we can talk about Bob Nutting all we want. The reality is Bob Nutting's our owner right now, and we have to trust that Ben Charrington is indeed bringing in the right guys, the right prospects. He's identifying the right tools. And I do trust that Ben Charrington is doing that because of his track record. But even more so, and Ben Charrington, I think, is he, you know, he has sold me on this. It's about the development. Everyone knows Neil Huntington actually had a decent eye for talent. Every year we heard about how good the Pirates draft was or how good the return was on this guy. Like, But yet, when it came time for those guys at the big league level, they just never reached that potential. And you know the reason was the issues in development. And Ben Charrington from day one and even just from his interview about Musgrove continues to beat the drum about investing into the development system in their minor leagues, making sure they have the best resources, the best coaches, the best technology to help these guys grow. That's what he talks about, helping these young players, these prospects grow. And that just shows the difference, I think, in Ben Charrington versus the old regime. They seem interested in these young players almost just as much as their big league roster. And, you know, I think that just shows, you know, the direction that Ben Charrington has this organization going in. Yeah, I'm with you, Nick. I mean, I have no doubts Ben Charrington and his crew or have this trending in the right direction. And also his track record with Boston and, and as VP of Baseball Ops in Toronto are very strong as well. So I think fans need to be patient. I know we keep saying that you need to be patient. That 2023 window, it, it keeps looking better and better. I mean, you'll have Hayes, you'll have Reynolds, Cruz, and Swagger do be here by then. And now you're looking at, you know, you can throw Hudson Head into that. And you have all the pitchers with Malone and Priester and Thomas and Carmen Majenski. Nick, Nick Gonzalez will be at second base by then. Like, it, it's it's 2021. This team's going to take some lumps. It might take some lumps next year. But there's a light at the end of this tunnel for Pirate fans. And come 2023, you should really start to see this team turning a corner with a ton of young talent. And people just need to be patient with Ben Charrington right now and allow him to continue to add to the core that he is developing in the farm system. And Ben, we trust the rebuild is in full swing as it has been for a little bit now. Joe Musgrove is gone. Let's talk about who's next. Adam Frazier has been the hot name for a while now. Some other guys, Stephen Brault, still on the block. Who do you guys expect to be traded next and kind of when we see these moves go down? Jason Mackey of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, the beat writer for the Pirates, he wrote a little bit about that today. And he he's pretty well connected, Mackey, especially when it seems, you know, to these more specific um, Pirate rumors. And, he, you know, he, he really is sticking to that he thinks Frazier will not be on this team uh, come opening day. And, you know, and he, he basically, he said, like Musgrove, Frazier will be gone, I believe is what he said. So, 
you know, I think that sounds like it's a slam dunk at this point. Um, beyond that, I don't know. I, it's really hard to say. I got, there's question marks around their other trade chips, which is why it's hard to figure out exactly who. But if I had to guess and go with a safe pick, and I'm already, if I had to guess I'm stealing yours, I'm going to go Richard Rodriguez just because teams are always looking for relief help. And, you know, it's one of those, the he's not necessarily uh, going to have a role with this team uh, much more down the road anyhow. So, Yeah, I also fully expect Frazier to be moved by the start of the season. Uh, I know we kind of touched on this in the last episode, but I felt the, uh, the Wilmer Defoe signing was kind of a precursor to that to add some uh, backup middle infield depth once Frazier is moved. As for those relievers, I, I'm with you. I definitely would be surprised to see Rich Rod moved, especially with what he settled for in arbitration. Same goes for Chris Stratton. Um, he's a guy who I think teams have a lot of interest in because of his spin rates and the success he had last year. Then you throw in that he's only going to make $1.3 million or $1.4 million, whatever it is this season. I think he could have some sneaky good trade value as well. And, you know, Brawl, hey, teams are always looking for left-handed pitching, especially left-handed starters. So it still wouldn't be a shocker to see Brawl move, but – I think Frazier is the one guy who is definitely slam dunk to be moved by the start of the season. Some of those other guys, Brault, Rodriguez, Stratton, et cetera, teams will get desperate come July for pitching. I might pay you a little more then than they will now for those guys. Definitely. And, uh, you know, we'll see now that these two, the two biggest uh, pieces in Josh Bell and Joe Musgrove have been traded, it, you can kind of take a breath out and look for less return. Um, but, you know, you're giving up less pieces as well. So we'll have to see. We're going to have emergency episodes if any of these deals do go down to kind of discuss it like we have tonight. We're going to have Chris Mack join the podcast on Friday uh, and all kinds of episodes coming out as we continue to get ready for spring training 2021. For Marty Leap and Nick Caparoso, my name is Trey Andy. Go check out their articles. There's so much content out right now, breaking down this trade, some other moves that could be made. Mitch Moreland could potentially be a pirate. Some interest being shown now. Go check that stuff out, guys. Fansided.com, rumbunter.com. Hit us up on the app at rumbunter on Twitter and on omni.com as well slash rumbunter. Have a great week, everybody. Let's go, Bucks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.